Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm your host, Yvette Hampton, and this week we're rebroadcasting an episode we recorded in March of 2020 with Eric Hovind. In this two-part episode, we discuss science, apologetics, and evangelism. If you want to know how to strengthen your kids' walk with the Lord and teach them how to point others towards our Creator, this episode is for you. Enjoy it, and don't forget to share it with your friends. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. Hey to all the Schoolhouse Rock fans out there. Thank you guys for uh, investing the time and energy that's necessary to your children, uh, just the way God taught you to. So I just, I love it. Love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your family and about Creation Today, what you do. I love my family. God has blessed me with three amazing children, uh, still married to my first wife, praise God, uh, (laughs) and God is just so good. We're a family that loves adventure. So if it comes to uh, Disney World versus riding motorcycles, we're more interested in the motorcycles. That's just kind of the family that we are. My girls, uh, I got two girls that are now 17, 15, and then my son Jordan is 12. And we are all about having adventures. Next weekend, we're camping, uh, rain or shine. And right now in Florida, it got a little bit cold. It got down, listen to this, below 30 degrees in Florida. Oh, right. That is a sin of Mother Nature on the state of Florida. Okay, that should not ever happen. Because people go south for the winter and exactly. uh, they don't expect 30 degree temperatures. I'm not here for 30 degree weather. So, amazing family. I'm blessed beyond measure. Uh, my daughter next year is actually looking at going uh, overseas to do some mission work wow. when she gets out of high school. Uh, I do not deserve the incredible, incredible children that God lets me watch grow every day. So, I feel humbled. Uh, with who my family is and my amazing wife and my amazing kids. So I'm, I'm blessed beyond measure. That's awesome. Our ministry, Creation Today. I love Creation Today. Let me tell you, man, I, our, Creation Today's desire is to really see people know their creator and then learn how to defend him biblically. And that's a big deal today. How do we take God's word and, and God's world and merge the two together in a, in, a, in a way that's harmonious to where we really understand the two and then present that to the world out there, to the, secular, to the secular world. So I love creation today. We're all about educating and equipping people to know and defend their creator. And uh, we get to produce videos, DVDs, resources, just all kinds of great stuff that, that goes out around the world. And God by his grace, uses it to change people's lives. So yeah, so I just cool. feel all around blessed. And you really do go around the world. You actually just got back from Germany, I heard. And, I uh, did. And can I start my petition on your show for yes. an Autobahn in the United States? We need <laughs> one of those things, man. I'm telling you, it is so nice to be able to go as fast as you want. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. 
Well, I'm going to have to go to Germany and find out, apparently. <laughs> you need to. Now, don't rent a Ford. We rented a okay. Ford. So where I was speaking, I actually had, I, I get there, you know, and it's my first time to talk. It's the largest creation conference they've ever had in wow. Germany. It's phenomenal. I said, listen, I love Germany for two reasons so far. You got great food and you've got the Autobahn. And so I said, by the way, if anybody has a really fast car, if you could take me, I would really appreciate it. So there was a guy that took me and we got up to 155 <gasps> miles no. on the Autobahn. And it, I mean, for a thrill seeker like me, that was just heaven. I, what was different is, you know, here in the States, I don't know if I should say this on your homeschool podcast. I've gotten up pretty <laughs> quick on it. the interstate. I've gotten up, <laughs> I've got my own land speed record on the interstate from years gone by uh, as, a, as a dumb high schooler. All you homeschoolers that are still, uh, you know, below the age of 25, you're, it, it, the brain isn't totally developed, okay? Just trust your parents. I wish I would have trusted mine a whole lot more. I promise, okay? I promise. Um, but yeah, getting to go 155 miles an hour and not just like here, it's like you have to get up and come back down, you know, if you were to ever do something like that, which you should never do. Right, never. Um, over there, you get up and you just, you're cruising. It's like you just, you just keep on going 155 miles an hour. No it's way. amazing. It felt great. Oh, the <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> that sounds like your fun. Oh, no, Sorry. no, no. That sounds like fun. I'm, I'm thinking of my children going that fast and how terrifying it would be to know that they were moving that quickly. Um, well, so. they should just go with somebody safe. Like, right. You know, <laughs> that, would, that would make it no problem. Well, you know, and it's it's all about eternity and, and uh, God knows he's the only one who knows when we're going to leave this earth. And so you may as well go out doing yeah. something really fun and exciting, right? I want to get there faster. Right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, um, you all the kids, you're gonna you're gonna have to have some kind of like disclaimer to this <laughs> right. thing. Do Don't not try this at home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Only in Germany. Well, I think them. you probably have some disclaimers and some of the fun things that you do because when we saw you at uh, teach them diligently, you were doing some pretty crazy things, and you are really good at making science fun and applicable to kids. So I want to talk about that. I actually, I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about today, uh, but let's start with that. How do you go about making science fun and applicable for kids? I fell asleep in more church services and in more science classes than I care to remember. And so I always thought if I ever get a chance to ever talk about this stuff, I want to at least make it a lot of fun. Right. And so I really want to get the kids' attention. And I, I I believe God's, God's word and God's world are so amazing that, that we do it a disservice when we make it boring. Mm -hmm. And if you're a boring teacher, I'm sorry, I just crashed <laughs> on you, okay? But I just, I feel like there's, God's world is amazing. Mm -hmm. God's word is amazing. In Germany, I just heard Dr. Stuart Burgess, this engineer, talk about they're trying to replicate the dragonfly and what its wings are actually doing. And they did all the mathematical equations, and so they replicated exactly what the dragonfly does. The problem is they can only make the motors, they can only make this mechanism go 140th the speed of a dragonfly's wings. Wow. And it weighs 10 times more <laughs> than the dragonfly weighs, and they're just going, God is an amazing designer. Study this out. It's incredible. So I just, I go, how can you live in this amazing world and not just be in awe, in awe of the creator. It's, right. it's pretty amazing. So I don't know. I just, it comes from a passion that my dad taught science. So growing up, I was always getting, you know, physics and astronomy and uh, 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 physical biology, anatomy. I'm, I'm getting all the different sciences, you know, from him growing up. And 
it just, it came to be something that I love. That's so, I love to pass that on. If I can get kids to, to spark an interest, because honestly, so many kids are, are brought up and they're going to be exposed to a world that says, hey, God's word and God's world are at odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, no, 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 no. God's word, God's word and God's world are in perfect harmony. Yeah. You've got to see it from the right perspective. Otherwise, you're going to really miss out. So that's probably my biggest thing is making sure people see that from the right perspective so that it just, it, it comes together and they have a respect and appreciation uh, for both God's word and God's word. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that. How do we do that? How do we do that as homeschool parents with our kids? Blow something up. <laughs> just the other day, I'm with my son and uh, I said, hey, let's blow something up. He's like, really? Okay. Like, yeah, let's go blow something up. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I want everything to be educational. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't look at education as just a, hey, that's that time when we do that and then we have life or we do something else or we're just playing around. Or uh, it's, it's like all of life is education. So at, at the appropriate time, I try to expose my son to things that I think are interesting. I try to show videos or pictures of science things that like we watch um, uh, Smarter Every Day. We'll oh, watch yeah. Smarter Every Day together. I mean, that guy... He's obviously a man of faith, yeah. and he puts these videos together where he's explaining things. Uh, it was based on his Smarter Everyday episode on laminar flow mm-hmm. that my daughter and I are now building a, a wind tunnel, a big giant wind tunnel, and we're putting semi-trucks in there with different modifications to find out, okay, how does the air go by? How does it affect it? Do, do these different modifications to the semi-truck really you know, really decrease the drag, really increase the gas mileage, you know, is this really working? And, and so I, I, I like to, for me, it's making it practical. It's not just being book smart. It's the practical hands-on. I mean, sure. my dad and I built several houses growing up. I built my house uh, when I got married and I live in the house that I got to build with my own hands growing up. So I, I how do we, how do we do that? How do the other thing I try to do is I always try to point out to my kids, you should have given me these questions ahead of time. Because <laughs> um, I by no means am an expert teacher. I have seen people out there that can do this way better than I can. And I'm always kind of jealous of that. Um, uh, I, I think really making it practical. So why are we going to blow something up today? Why are we going to learn about these little, you know, we had some, we had some fireworks and stuff like that. So we did some fireworks so we had a good time, but why are we going to learn about this and the physics of this and the thrust of this and the, why are we going to learn about that? Because I believe the more we learn about God's world, mm-hmm. the more it honors God, which is what God wants us to do. He said, I mean, when he, when he talks in the scripture about the things that, that Kings will search out and, and these you know, these wise people will search for the wisdom and these different things. I go, guys, it's kind of cool to get to learn from the one who made everything, from right. the one who knows everything. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the time going outdoors and enjoy the time. Now, some of you homeschoolers, you probably do that too much, don't you? Right. <laughs> Let's go I don't play think in the so. yard. Field trip. <laughs> Field trip. Come on, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we actually did a whole podcast about the importance of outdoor play. Um, Love it. But yeah, I mean, it's so important. And, and I agree. I mean, just finding opportunities all around us to point our kids towards Christ 
and help them to see because you know, it's not just let's go blow something up for the fun of it or let's set off fireworks for the fun of it. Like, let's figure out like, how did God make this to work? Because it's not man's design. It's God's design um, and everything. And my daughter's studying bugs right now. We're doing uh, Bob Jones um, University. Um, we're doing their science curriculum. And so she's learning all about bugs. And it's really cool. It's just so neat to see how God created bugs and animals and insects and how they all work together in and for God's creation, because they don't exist just on their own for the purpose of existence, you know, or because some of them look pretty and some of them really don't. Um, they all work together and and God created the world to to work. It's like a dance. I mean, it's amazing when you look at it. And, and like you said, it's about perspective, you know, and, and how we look at God's creation. Um, I, let's take a quick break. And then I want to um, come back and talk about biblical worldview and the importance of that. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. So let's talk about, I know one of the things that you speak a lot on is the importance of a biblical worldview. You talk about Genesis and, you know, everything is in the beginning God created. And that's where our focal point should be. Anything that we teach to our children, it all really does point back to creation and God as creator. And if it doesn't, then then in my opinion, we're not teaching it correctly because God is the creator of all things. So talk about why why does Genesis even matter in teaching our kids a biblical worldview? That is a great question, one that I feel like needs addressed more and more and more inside the church, inside the home, and inside uh, society. I say it like this, your beliefs will always determine your behaviors, mm -hmm. and your behaviors will reveal your true beliefs. I think that is a two-way street yep. and we can look and see what's going on. Somebody claims, oh, I am a Christian. I am doing this. And then they behave in a way that's totally opposite. People see that and they go, wait, that, that's hypocritical. Wait a minute. Your, your behavior is betraying your belief. So um, having a proper understanding of, of the beginning of, of where we came from lets us understand why we live today, why we exist now. And then if you have a good understanding or a correct understanding of why we live today and a, a correct understanding of the beginning, you can understand what we're, what we're looking forward to in the future. Mm -hmm. um, think about the atheistic or the evolutionary worldview, which says we came about by accident. We are here for no purpose. Right. And when you die, there's no reason you ever existed. Now you can try to add meaning on top of that and say, well, I'm going to try to make a better life for people in the future. Why? Right. Uh, I'm going to try to do good according to the, why? I mean, you now have zero basis. You don't have a foundation that that creates the right kind of society that we would all want to live in. Mm -hmm. You don't have a foundation for morality, for good, bad, evil. Um, you don't have a, a foundation for any of that. You, you don't have um, 
a, a guideline to say this is what things should be like. This is how it should be. You just have this is the way things are. Right. And you can never get in, in philosophy. They say you can never get from an um, from an is to an ought. This is the way it is. Okay, that's what the atheistic worldview says. Is this is the way it is? So and so murdered so and so. That's the way it is. Oh, he shouldn't have done that. He ought not have done that. But you can't get there from an atheistic worldview. You right. can't get there from because no why not? Warning. Exactly. That, and that ultimately is the question. If we're just highly evolved animals, what's stopping me from doing that? Right. I had a, a bird die in the road, get run over in the road right out here. Guess what? When I walked by, oh, it was, it was a, I picked it up. It was, it was a pretty cool homeschool experiment. You guys should have come <laughs> over. Uh, it was missing its head. And I'm oh, like, gosh. how does that happen? How does the bird, you know, there it is, dead, head gone. I'm like, somebody had some, some cat or something must have just had some fun with this. Anyway, I, I didn't cry. I did not tear up. It wasn't an emotional experience. Uh, maybe if it was my pet bird when I was three, I would have had a little bit more emotional attachment. <laughs> but I didn't go and bury it. I picked it up. I went, huh, that's interesting. And I tossed it to the side of the room. We are not just animals. And everything right. inside of us tells us that we are made in the image of God. If that was a human being, even if it was just hurt, mm -hmm. man, it would have been completely different. Not just because oh, we're the same kind because we are made in the image of God and, and we all know that. So I think with that, with, with your, your, your foundation, your worldview uh, gives you the basis for uh, all these different things of, of why things ought to be a certain way. And I love having conversations and engaging with uh, skeptics or scoffers or atheists along those lines to be able to ask that question, well, why, why ought it to be like this or why ought it to be like that? Because all they can ever give you is the is. As soon as they give you the ought, oh, well, he shouldn't have done that. He ought not have done that. Now you're outside of the atheistic worldview. Right. Now you're standing on Christianity. So um, the more you study worldviews, the mm -hmm. more you study religions and worldviews, the more you'll discover only the Bible gives us a cohesive foundation for morality, for the laws of logic, for science itself, uh, for, for how to have a self-discipline, family discipline, uh, church discipline, and cultural discipline, the mm -hmm. four different areas that we're governed by. All four different governing uh, uh, principles are only cohesive and, uh, and really coherent from a biblical worldview, from, from the Bible. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. I love that. And I wish I could repeat every word of what you just said. Wow, uh, but I'm glad we yes. recorded it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just keep that in my pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Delete that, use that yourself. Right, I'm go. I'm taking it. <laughs> so, so in thinking through Genesis, you know, I know that there's the great debate about, you know, long earth, um, new earth, blah, blah, blah. Um, what, how do we solve that debate? And does it matter? I mean, does, does, is, the literal inter interpretation of Genesis, is it consistent with science when we look at it? Great question. And this is probably one of the biggest questions the church is dealing with today. Mm -hmm. So even in, in the homeschool movement, there are disagreements. And uh, some people would take this uh, further than I would. Some people would take this not as far as I take it. So the whole issue of does the Bible teach, does God's word teach that the earth could be and the universe could be the 13.8 billion years old that modern science says it is and for the earth being 4.6 billion years old as modern science would claim? Is that possible? So that's the question because right. I think any, and, and let, me, let me preface it with this as well. I think anybody who reads the Bible, a basic understanding Mm -hmm. it, 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 literally the, the, the most clear interpretation of the Bible, 
you would not come away with the millions of years. Right. You can look at the genealogies. Those are the verses that cure insomnia. So-and-so is this old and it begat so-and-so. And so-and-so is this old and it begat so-and-so. So-and-so is this old and it begat so-and-so. And pretty soon you're out, okay? Yeah. You can actually study those out, graph them out. And the Bible shows that we know Jesus was here about 2,000 years ago. We know we got about 2,000 years to Abraham. We know we got about 2,000 years to Adam. And so you can actually add up the dates and you realize... Well, the Bible speaks of the earth only being a few thousand years old. Right. So with this dilemma, this dichotomy of what do we do with this? Let me put it like this, and let me say very clearly. The age of the earth is not essential to salvation. It is not essential to salvation. This is not a salvation issue. And I want to be clear about that because there are some people that um, would, would claim that, oh, because you believe it's young, and that is my position, it's young earth, I go with the, with the clear reading of the scripture, uh, interpretation of the scripture. Well, then you're saying, well, you can't really even be saved. or you can't. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Can somebody trust in Jesus Christ that he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and be trusting in that? And by, by repenting of sin, seeing their sin, seeing their life the way God sees it, and trusting in what Christ did on the cross, be forgiven of sins? Absolutely. Doesn't matter what they think about the age of the earth. Now, Here's what's important, and everybody really needs to understand this. While the age of the earth is not essential to salvation, it is incredibly essential to the doctrine of salvation. I want you to hear me right on that. It's incredibly essential. The age of the earth is incredibly essential to the doctrine of salvation. Why did Jesus Christ come and die on the cross? Why do we read about that in the New Testament? It's because of what we learn in Genesis in the That's Old right. Testament about sin entering into this world. You say, well, well, what's the big deal? Why can't you have millions of years and then, you know, no problem and all that? Well, the Bible says very clearly throughout Scripture that sin came into the world because of, or uh, death came into the world because of man's sin. By, by in Adam all die. Literally, we, the reason we have death in this world and, and is because of, of Adam's sin. Mm -hmm. So that's the foundation. So any kind of old earth position, and adding that to the Bible, has to put death before Adam's sin. And now you've got huge theological problems throughout the scripture. When God comes and he's going to make the, the new heaven and the new earth the way that it used to be, when he does that, is he going to make a new heaven and a new earth that has death and suffering and everything that we're trying to get away from right now? The whole, the whole creation is groaning and travailing in pain you know, now because of the curse, because of death, because of sin entering into the world, well, is that the way it's going to be made again? Are we just going to have nothing different? Or is it true that we're going to have a totally different world? The lion is going to lie down with the lamb, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Are we really going to experience the, the, the heaven and the earth that God claimed we had at the beginning in, uh, in Genesis? So theologically, there are huge problems with adding the, the millions of years to the Bible. I would also add, and I don't mean to run on here. No, go on. Me off if I need to, okay. <laughs> I would also add, scientifically, there is no reason to add millions of years to the Bible. You're like, you gotta be kidding. Listen, God created a mature creation. Mm -hmm. I totally understand why people in science today are going, well, the, look, there's, there's things out there that make the universe look old. I agree. I, I got no problem with that. But I would call it mature, not old. Mm -hmm. When God made Adam, Genesis chapter one, chapter two, right there, 
when God made Adam, how old was he when God first made him? Yeah, he was a full-grown man. Yeah, full-grown man, but had was was not old at all right. by aging, by time standards. Right. When God created the universe, how old was the universe? It had just been made. But it had the appearance of age, just like Adam had the appearance of age. The trees were full-grown fruits on the trees. There was an appearance of age. And then I think you really got to worry about the, the limiting factors. And we cover all this on our website through articles and all kinds of stuff. <coughs> Creationtoday.org. Um, <laughs> we, we cover that out there. Go ahead and sell uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, one of the biggest ones for me today, the human population, almost 8 billion people, Hey, this would be a good homeschool project. Okay, you can find the formula for the hum- how, how to grow the human population, the human population growth. It's online. Just look up human population growth formula, and there it is. It's a little equation. You can add in, you can put the numbers at 8 billion today and find out, okay, about how long ago would we have been at zero? Mm-hmm. With 8 billion people, the log, it's an exponential growth curve on a graph. It only goes back to about 4,400 years. You got to include famines and wars and, and the different things that have happened, but it only goes back 4,400 years. Wow. Average growth rate of 0.43%. You can grow the human population at 0.43%, and that accounts for the wars and the famines and all the diseases and stuff like that, and you're at 8 billion people in just 4,400 years. Wow. If we have been here, if mankind, human beings have been on the planet, we evolved from apes some 3 million years ago. We should have a lot more people. We should have over 150,000 people per square inch on planet Earth. That's crowded. We're not there. <laughs> Science does not I hope we never that. get there. <laughs> no kidding. I will go to heaven before we right. get, I have to live there. Uh, so, no, and, and again, we could go into a number of things. There's still yeah. comets in our solar system, the salt and the amount of salt in the oceans, the, how far away the moon is from the earth right now. If it's been receding for millions of years, it would be way further away. Um, just all kinds of things make it incredibly clear. The science confirms the scripture. The whole universe has the appearance of age, but it's not millions or billions of years old. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's pretty clear when you look at, at scripture and you read Genesis, you know, he talks about the six days of creation, you know, and then there is morning and then there is evening. And I mean, that alone, I read that and I think it's so clear. I, I don't understand why we try to complicate it. Um, but anyway, um, so here's what I want to do, because I have so many more questions to ask you. And I really want to talk about, I, I want to go down another whole road um, talking about the gospel and why all of this matters in light of the gospel. Um, and I also want to talk about, um, you, you've got a video on your website um, that I watched a little while ago um, called, uh, what did you call it? Satan's Visiting Satan's Playground, oh. um, college <laughs> campuses. And I want to talk about the secular education system and, and how that is playing into culture and our beliefs and, and everything that's happening right now. Because I know, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast and I know many, I mean, most Christians, I mean, anybody who's really paying attention and has any kind of conviction, which is pretty much, I think most people listening to this podcast, you can't yeah. look at our culture around us and just, you know, shrug it off and be like, yeah, no big deal. I mean, we see that we're in a culture war right now. And so I really want to talk with you a little bit more about that and, and sharing the gospel because you have a pretty amazing story of of some different things that you've done in, in ways that you have just been incredibly bold and in going out and sharing the truth of God's word with people. So um Typically, we would do this where where we would extend this for backstage past members, kind of as a bonus episode. But 
I think I want to actually just do kind of a part two to this podcast for next week, because I think this is important stuff that I really want everybody to listen to. So are you good to hang on with me for a little while longer? Let's do part two. All right. And then we'll be back next week. So um, for those listening this week, um, where can people find you? I know you kind of jumped that in there really quickly, (laughs) but I was going to ask you that anyway. (laughs) Our ministry is creationtoday.org. We always wanted to be relevant. So we're always here today. creationtoday.org. Nice. Creationtoday.org. Um, and then one more quick question. How can people support you and pray for your ministry? Wow. Prayer is the biggest thing. I can tell you, God has continually shown me that if we are a people that pray together mm-hmm. uh, and, and let him do what he's, uh, what he's fully capable of doing, that is the best. So pray for our ministry would be the biggest thing. If you want to get involved, we have several initiatives. We got a new movie called Scarred Earth that we're looking at getting billboards put up in Arizona. It's on the Grand Canyon. Awesome. Takes people from the science of the canyon to the gospel message. Actually, we say it takes people from the scars of planet Earth to the scarred hands of Jesus Christ in a powerful way. So we're we're always doing fundraising. We're a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we are only here because other people go, I kind of like what you're doing. And they help us out. If it wasn't for for people supporting us, I'd be working at Home Depot teaching people how to change out their shower faucets. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for your time today. Thanks for listening to the first part of my interview with Eric Hovind. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of our conversation. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the Schoolhouse Rock to Newsletter, trust me, you're going to want to do that, as we have lots of exciting news coming soon about the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. Sign up at schoolhouserocked.com. Have a great rest of your day. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.